Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Claire McKenna. You're listening to Changemakers, the podcast series talking to people at the forefront of change. But you should never underestimate the power of a conversation to shape the way we think, the information we go on to seek, and the conversations we go on to have. This is all very much part of the change process. My guest today is Pat Kane. Pat is originally from Brazil and moved here with her Irish husband. When they had their first baby, they became a little more eco-conscious and started to look at their own home as a starting point. Four years later, and Pat is now a sustainability strategist, a speaker and a writer for several publications. She founded Reusey, described as a one-stop shop for sustainably made reusable goods and an educational hub on all things sustainable living. She wanted to create a space that she was looking for when she started on her eco journey and was unsure of where to go for products that were more environmentally friendly. Pat has a lovely way about her. She doesn't believe in lecturing or scaremongering with the message of the climate crisis and she believes in the power of small steps which together can make a huge difference. I wanted to cover the climate crisis on this podcast and feature people at the forefront of change in this area. Back in season one, I spoke with Anne-Marie Tomchuk and she spoke about how during the pandemic, she had a real rethink about her career, which had led her to work for RTE, the BBC, British Vogue, and use her journalistic capabilities to turn to sustainability and all of her work there is discussed in that episode. I also have another episode recorded with a very interesting psychologist talking about why our minds struggle to take on the might of the climate crisis challenge and I will be putting that out over the next couple of weeks but in this season I decided to start with Pat Kane. Like many of us, she started small, unsure of what to do, began in her home and it's led to something bigger for her, but we can all learn from her experience. We don't need to let fear paralyze us to inaction. There are lots of positives happening, as you'll hear, and we truly can make a difference. So Pat Kane, you're very welcome to Changemakers. Thank you so much for having me. Can we go back to your life growing up in Brazil? Was there any kind of connection with the earth? Um, did, did you have any of that sense growing up? I did. I was very lucky, you know, to be born by the sea. Uh, the sea was our backyard. I like to say that. So that's where we spent a lot of time growing up as teenagers, every weekend with the family, etc. And then on top of that, my grandparents had a, a family like beach house, let's call it, um, at a place a bit further out. And uh, my granny was very much into plants and growing her own food and that sort of thing. So one of my fondest memories growing up is literally stealing her cherry tomatoes, you know, as she was trying to grow them and get enough for the whole family, you know, for a Sunday meal or something. And there's me picking on the plants and just eating. So we had that very strong connection. And that was something that was always with me. And I'm really, really grateful that I, I had that opportunity, I guess. Um, I mean, when when I think about myself as a child, there wasn't really a, a focus. You know, they talk about cleaning up your litter and, and maybe there was a talk of, of binning your gum correctly, but there was certainly no talk of of climate change. What about yourself? Was there any 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 talk or focus on that in Brazil? 
No, not really. No, like, you know, we never thought of like this summer is hotter than the previous one or where is the rain or none of those things. Like at least as I was growing up, I don't remember hearing that sort of conversation. You know, we had hot summers, we had cooler, I'm not going to say cold because I'm from Rio, but, you know, cooler, I suppose, winters. And, and, and that was just, normal in like quote unquote whatever normal means you know or meant back then so I don't remember being bombarded without having like eco-anxiety as some kids would have today you know like these things were were never I suppose like a thing isn't it and sometimes like I think you know particularly now I've become a parent that I wish I had been a parent in my mum's generation because there was so much less guilt involved in everything from the way you parented to the food you fed your family to environmental issues. It just wasn't there. People just got on with it. And of course, every generation has its own issues. But I suppose it probably is better that we we woke up and, and even to get that appreciation for, for what we have a little bit more. Do you think? I think so, Claire, like, you know, as you said there, right now, you know, we are very, like, I, I think we're, we are in a privileged position, first of all, right? Not everybody is able to sit there and appreciate, you know, this whole thing of growing your own food or, you know, clean seeds, etc. Not everybody's thinking about that just because that's not how it works, depending on, on your reality, I guess, right? Like I see a lot of that back in Brazil, you know, some communities there, they, they're not thinking about that. They're not thinking about being appreciative of like, you know, the nature and the natural world, etc. They're trying to exist and survive and, you know, feed their families. So first, I think we're very, very lucky to be in a position to 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 think about this and to be able to do something about this, uh, even, even if only so small, even if only that little, you know, simple swap, the power of one, one small change that we talk so much about, you know, I, I think I feel very lucky to be in that position to, one, be able to understand that there is a problem, understand what the problem is, and then be able to contribute somehow to a better planet. And I know it's still not the reality for so many, you know, you're just going, you know, through your life trying to exist. So, but I do think it's better now that we know that there is a problem because, you know, some will say ignorance is a bliss, but I I don't know. I think in this case, it's not really because it's not going to get any better. And if we don't do anything, it certainly won't get any better, right? And what direction did your life take then? Had you any ideas about what it was that you you wanted to to do with life? Because obviously you're you're here now in Ireland, mm. so you eventually left Brazil. So how did all of that come about? Um, I went and did business in college. Um, you know, just following my family's, like my mom, like her footsteps, etc. She she's uh, she has a business herself. Um, she's a successful woman in in Brazil. And she always said, look, to myself and to my sister, girls, you learn about business and then you can do it whatever you want. But first you're going to do business. And in my head, I was like, well, this is a start. I can do whatever I want afterwards. But it never goes like that, right? Uh, life, life gets in the way and you just go with whatever it's put in front of you somehow. So I ended up working for telecoms from the minute I, I finished college. Um, and... At one point, I was 23, and uh, I, I used to work for a department called roaming. Um, so basically connectivity between operators, right? Yeah, so think of your Aircom or your Vodafone, whatever it is, talking to an operator in Brazil, a Telecom Italia over there, so people can travel, yeah? Just so the concept is clear. Um, and... I like working with that with in, in that sort of department, you end up meeting a lot of people from different nationalities, backgrounds, countries, etc. And in one of those um, moments, I met someone in Jamaica. And uh, I used to talk to those guys a lot because obviously there was a, there was a lot of conversation be, conversations between operators. And it turns out it turned out to be an Irish company, right? 
Now, I'm looking at it and thinking, where is Ireland? You know, like, oh, it's a small island in Europe. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Ireland. Interesting. And one day, uh, someone I knew was working for them and said, look, there is an opportunity here to do exactly what you're doing, but here in Kingston. And I said, wow, okay, in my head, Claire, this is a time where there's Google is not really a thing, like a part of our day-to-day, -day, you know, search engines are not a thing. So I'm like, Kingston, oh, sounds like Hawaii. Um, so I said, yeah, I'll throw my name in the hat and see what happens. And never thinking it would happen, right? But guess what? It happened. I was offered the job there. Uh, to work for Digicel, it's the name of the operator, an Irish business. Um, and um, it was probably one of the best things I've ever done in my life because I met incredible friends. I, I met my husband um, and, you know, it brought me here and I'm so happy to be in Ireland. It's it's just obviously it's my home, um, you know, so that's in a nutshell how it happened. And it's so funny when you mentioned Google, it's, mm. we really plan so much more now, even if we're taking a leap of faith, we know what the place looks like. We've looked at the area. We can research so much before we make a decision, but you really just went for it. You yeah. just went on a, on, on a leap. I was 23. You know, I had nothing to lose. I had finished college. I was living my best life. You know, after college, you're working, you have your money, independence, all of that stuff. You know, I had obviously a very supportive family. I remember a cousin of mine, Carol, she was like, oh, Pat, look, I put on this Google thing, Jamaica. Do you want to have a look? And I was like, yeah, like, yeah, whatever. It looks great, you know, but there was no such thing as like, where am I going to leave? And how is this going to work? You know, when you arrive at Digicel back then, you would you would stay in a hotel for a month or so while the company tried to find you an apartment. Um, you know, and that's exactly what happened to me. And I, I had no idea what a good area was, a bad area was. You know, I was going well, obviously with the company guidelines and trusting that they knew everything. Um, and it was an adventure. It was amazing. It really, I got to travel, you know, the Caribbean. And um, after Jamaica, I moved to Honduras, spent almost three years there, same company. And then the same company brought me to Panama. So it was a, a, an adventure and, you know, probably one of the best things and gave me a lot of perspective in, you know, like what's good and what's bad and what should be better. And, you know, it really taught me a lot, just the fact of being abroad and experiencing different cultures, you know. And all these exotic names you're using, you know, Jamaica, Honduras, and I know there's great poverty in, in certain areas of these places of course but it still sounds so exotic and and yet you chose to settle in Ireland was that a culture shock in any way particularly coming from Rio which mm. I visited on my honeymoon and it's just heavenly I thought it was going to be a really bustling city and I know it is that as well but I didn't think it was going to be so relaxed and so beachy it's got a lovely a lovely mix of the two yeah, it is. It is a, a lovely, that there's a lovely feeling like that. All right. Um, you know, Rio, in a lot of ways, it's so much busier and developed than Dublin, for example. Right. Um, and that's exactly what I love about Dublin, because it's small, but it's not too small. You know, it has everything you need. Like, I, I don't know, I feel very at home here. And obviously I had been here before we decided to move here. Right. In fact, Dublin was our second option. We tried to go to Brazil, to Rio. I got a job, but my, my husband then, he didn't speak the, the language, Portuguese, right? And um, he couldn't find anywhere for him to work. And uh, at the time, we were both offered jobs here. And we were like, you know what? I think um, this is a sign. Let's go. Again, uh, an adventure is the spirit, you know, spirit, I guess. I don't know. Um, but we just said it's, it's going to work out. And when we got here, it, it just like the lifestyle and the, the the city was just perfect. You know, I had all of, all of my friends that I had met throughout the years back in the Caribbean, you know, they were back here because this is their home. Like most of them are Irish citizens and, you know, nationals and all. So um, I just just fit in perfectly, to be honest. I never even, I, I don't even stop to think about, you know, oh, I'm not from here. I don't think about like about it like that ever, you know, um, and that's a good thing, I guess. 
Absolutely. You're you're home. You and it's so nice oh. to have more than one in the in the world. Yeah. And when did you become conscious of of what was going on um and environmental issues? So I, I would say that was even before I left Brazil, you know, like for, for a period of time, I would be vegetarian and um, like growing up, you know, always because of the animal cruelty side of things. To me, that was a very big thing. Um, and then the environment, you know, was was a factor that eventually appeared. And I was like, oh, interesting. I didn't realize there was an impact, you know, because we, we don't really associate, I guess. Right. Um, so it came in quite early, but it was not, not until I guess I became a mom for the first time that I realized that, wow, we are, this is out of control. You know, Stephen, my husband and I, we were, we are very good at keeping things to a minimum. You know, if you come to our house, you know, you will see a lot of bare areas just because we're not fussy. We don't want to clutter spaces for the sake of cluttering, I guess. Um, and then when we had this first baby, we were like, oh my goodness. So as I said to you before, you know, like all the, the usuals, like nappies and wipes and whatnot, bottle, you know, milk, like tins and whatnot, all the way to the lovely but unwanted gifts, things that we would never use. You know, does, I don't know if you got that for your, for your kids, but like those little containers for their first toot or their first curl. You know, those little things that you're like, my God, I'm never going to use this. Um, and then we were like, look, we're putting a human into the world. We need to do these, you know, to the best of our abilities, everything we can do to, to do well. Um, not only for him, but also for, you know, the, the environment and the surroundings. And and we decided that we would try, you know, as a family to to start, you know, like this journey of doing better, I guess. And we run, as I, I always say, like our house audit, you know, we went through different areas, you know, like out and about our kitchen, our bathroom, how do we do grocery shopping? You know, both of us had big jobs and we traveled a lot. So we just went through our routines, went out and about with work. Um, how can we do better? And we had a big list, a very, very big list of things that we could do, we, we could try. And we tried a lot of them together and was an epic fail. And we decided then, okay, fine, let's pick one area at a time. And, you know, we started with our bathrooms because they are easy areas and they're fun, right? Who doesn't like to try a lovely new soap, a lovely new cream or a new way of washing your hair, whatever it is. Um, and we, we decided, look, we're doing really well here. So let's move on to new areas. Obviously, as two busy, you know, I suppose, uh, professionals, we were traveling and, you know, that wasn't an option. Not traveling wasn't an option for our roles at the time. And uh, we were like, right, but we don't have to eat at the airport. You know, the highly packaged sandwich or a bottle, plus plastic bottle of water. So how can we do better here? And we started researching and we, we got to a point that we were doing really, really well. Um, and then I, I got pregnant again with our second baby, Connor. And um, that's when I said, you know what, enough. I was working at the time for Paddy Power Betfair. I was looking after customer experience for the group. I love that area. It's, I love fascinating stuff. But, um, but I knew I wanted to do something for myself, you know. And I said, I have a problem in Ireland that is my experience. So coming from customer experience, my experience as a customer of sustainable goods, you know, was very fragmented and very poor in a way. And I said, there has to be a way that someone will put together a one-stop shop where I can find everything I need from kitchen to bathroom and then anything in between, you know, to live more sustainably. And that was really then. Um, so we started very, in a very humble way, I guess. I had 30 products in our portfolio, all based in my own experiences uh, as a family here. And then we grew over time. So we're over four years old now and we have uh, over 1,200 products, you know, and growing. It's, a, it's constant, constant growth. And what does it mean to live sustainably? Yeah, so sustainability is one of those things that's very like hard to define, right? Because uh, it depends on who is giving the definition, right? 
the the classic definition of sustainability is like a development that meets the needs uh, of the current generations without compromising the needs of future generations, which makes a lot of sense, right? So we need to thrive right now, but we can compromise who is coming next, their future. Um, I strongly believe that sustainability is all about it's it's a 360 view on how we live, right? So it is. Um, it's what I'm always saying. When we thrive, the planet thrives. So when you think of sustainability, you often think of the of plants and animals and the ecologies and whatnot. But it includes us as well, right? Because when we thrive, the planet thrives. If we can't thrive, if we don't feel like we live in a fair and just world, having access to decent health and education and all of those things, we can't thrive. So um, to me, like this is how I see the world. To me, sustainable living is making sure that you are going through life without permanently damaging, you know, the planet, obviously, while supporting, empowering, encouraging, you know, people around you to live their best life, if we were to put it in a very simple way. You know, and how do you do that? If you're an employer, you're giving people the best opportunity possible to grow and to thrive within, you know, their role um, and beyond. If you are a parent, you're trying to teach your kids, you know, on kindness and, you know, all about diversity, how the importance of accepting differences, you know. So just to try and get society to that place where we are better humans and in being better humans, we can live in a, we can create a better world, right? Yeah. And it's it's nicer when you put it out in, in that way and you're trying to think about how you're living now and how it's going to impact future generations. And you gave it more of a, a positive slant because I think discussions on the environment and living sustainably now has, has gotten quite negative. And I think that can be very overwhelming for people. Um, and, I, and I think it's right that we get the scary statistics and I think it's it's right that there can be be shock value. But I think it's paralyzing a lot of people into into inaction. Mm, yeah, no, I, I, I personally don't don't think that that approach works. One, because, as you said, it will paralyze people. People will be extremely scared. It's like what's happening here? Two, nobody likes to be told what to do even when it's for the greater good of our planet, right? People don't want to be told what to do. So as I always say, we have to meet people where they are. You know, if if like, if they're only starting their journey and, you know, a bamboo toothbrush is a big deal and they think that's going to be a challenge and, you know, meet them there then and go take them through that new habit and, you know, how it works. If, if you're ready for an electric car or retrofit your home, that's fine. That's a different conversation altogether. But like, it's all about, you know, where are you in your journey and how I am going to bring you in? Because again, sustainability is for everybody, right? It's not only, as I just said there, for your plants, for your animals, it's for humans as well. It's everybody. So how am I not going to scare that person away? How am I not going to annoy that person thinking like, oh, if you don't eat plant-based, then you're out. You know, it's not, it, it cannot and will never be about the all or nothing, you know? Um, and I think the whole doom and gloom approach, like that doesn't help. And when you were talking about working through your home, what would have been your your motivators then? Because I'm I'm thinking about people wondering, okay, well, maybe I'll start in the bathroom. So what are we looking at? Are we looking at trying to eliminate plastic? Is that sort of step one? Or are we looking at ingredients on the side of bottles? Where are we starting? Yeah, so in our case, we had two motivations, right? We had certainly to reduce our bin charges. We were like, look, by reducing the waste we produce, we're reducing bean charges. So how does that work? You know, and what what is it? So if we're looking into our kitchen, you know, like what we did was we mapped a week of our shopping habits, you know, in and out of the house just to try and figure it out. Where is the waste being generated? Is it when we're out in the office? Is it when we're back home shopping for the family? What is it? Um, and the idea is like, let's reduce that to like as little as we can. So that's motivation number one. And motivation number two, I have highly allergic kids slash husband in the house. Um, so, you know, 
you name it. I have lactose intolerance. I have a bunch of food allergies. I have eczema. It's fun. It's fun to be me. You know, <laughs> I have none of those things, by the way. They're not you allergic know. to you, Pat. So that's good. Thankfully. <laughs> so far. Let's see when they become teenagers, you know. So when, when I look at a product, you know, I was actually posting about that this week, Claire, because for some reason we moved into a new house last year and we still have tons of cleaning products. Whoever lived here before left, like it's insane. And I got my sheets washed and probably they were washed with some sort of conventional product, supermarkets, you know, whatever you want to call it. I don't want to say names, but traditional products. And my face exploded in hives, like red patches everywhere because of my pillowcase, you know, the way it was washed. And um, I was like, oh my God, this is a definitely no-no. Turns out that after so many years using like low-tox cleaning products, cosmetics, you name it, you know, even my makeup, I picked, I'm a nightmare to wear makeup, you know, and turns out my skin got used to good stuff. So that was another motivation for us back then. Our second baby was born with a very, very bad case of eczema on his cheeks. And it was very ugly. It looked like a very bad sunburn or something. And um, so investigating alternatives to all of those things was obviously a big mission for us. So yeah, I'd say these were the two motivations. So what are the sort of things we should look for on the, the side of, of bottles? So it, it very much depends, right? And I always say, I was talking to someone once, we were, that was a, the, the exact conversation we had. And, um, you know, like... It depends on what you have. If do you have an allergy? Do you have, um, you know, something that you, you simply you know you cannot you know take or put on your skin? What is it? So it's all about learning your limitations first before anything else. I think that's one of the key things. But like in our case, we're looking at things without the the. SLSs and the parabens and you know any sort of like we try to go as natural and clean as possible and clean when I say that it's like natural vegan cruelty free you know uh, we try to go to places where there's no such thing as like yeah, fragrance you know fragrance is one that um, it's one thing that not a lot of people know but they are man-made fragrances yes synthetic fragrances and some of them you know, if you're burning a candle or if you're putting on your skin, you know, you're actually absorbing chemicals rather than goodness. So we try to avoid all those things and go very bland, but not boring, but just very like clean, I guess, in, in when it comes to our ingredients. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And I think people will think, and it certainly sprung into my mind, even hearing you say that, that that means expensive. Is that still the case or is it becoming more popular? So is the price of those sort of products beginning to come down? Oh, no. Listen, we have like even as we use, you know, we we offer like a fantastic solution made from Irish heather honey for people with eczema or dry patches, etc. That costs 11 euro. 
you know, like any pharmacy branch of those French famous brands will cost three times that easily for the same little amount, you know, like, like it's certainly a myth. And I think one that's important for us to debunk because, you know, you can find really good products, Irish made products, you know, products made in small batches in a very respectful way towards nature and our planet. And yet very affordable. You know, so I think these is th that whole thing of like, you no, know, the good stuff is expensive is gone. You know, in fact, the good stuff that you need for your skin, nourishing, healing, soothing and all of that, it can be quite cheap, you know. And what about as effective then when you mention the products like you're right, there's no need to start, you know, going back to, to ground zero if you don't have a, a skin allergy. But what if you just want to do better for the planet? Like I always feel bad putting bleach down the toilet, but I find it's the only thing that actually lifts the stains. So have you got a, a more mm. eco alternative for that? Yeah, actually I do. <laughs> we have um we have toilet bombs. They're made from citric acid, they're made from baking soda and a few other bits. And uh you literally it's a bath bomb for your toilet, right? So you pop one in, let it feezy, it goes very feezy, and you just come in with your brush and you scrub. And it's that's it's as simple as that safe on the marine life so whenever it goes down the drain it, it's not going to hurt anybody you know and cheap is cheap so absolutely so how did the business take off first you just wanted to be able to let people have the information that you and your husband might have had starting out mm. and how quickly did it begin to snowball into into what it is now so basically, um, at first, you know, when I was setting up Reusey, one of the things that to me was paramount was to make sure that, you know, Reusey wasn't just a cute gift shop focused on eco-friendly stuff, you know, because I'm sure like, like that, yeah, you can, you, you can create one of those overnight, you know, that's not a big deal. Now, I wanted to have a heavy, heavy focus on education because that was one of the big barriers for me. You know, right now, and it's crazy to say that, but like when, when the idea appeared in my head, like, you know, five years ago or so, um, obviously, you know, it was literally a little seed, was a blank piece of paper. And I was like, okay, this is what I want to do, but how does that work? You know, you would open the newspaper, you would watch the news and or listen in, listen to the radio just to be closer to your world, you know, and you would not hear or read a word about sustainability, about, you know, the climate change and et cetera, et cetera. Now, fast forward five years and we cannot escape it. You know, it's everywhere, right? So the, the, it, but back then, uh, and then even before that, so go back, what, nine years now since we started the journey, you know, like, I couldn't find, like, the information I found was all very much American or Australian. You know, I was like, but I want to hear about people doing this here in Ireland, you know, like, because that will help me directly. The rest is more like, well, I guess, yeah, maybe, mm, I don't know, you know. So to me, like, education was very important. I wanted you to buy a coffee cup knowing that you are going to avoid one of the 22,000 coffee cups going into the bin every day in Ireland, you know, um, you know, or if you're buying a nappy, you're going, a reusable nappy, you're going to, again, be one less nappy in the 1 million nappies that hit the bin every 24 hours in Ireland. You know, all of those things to me, they were very important. So the language that I started to use, and I remember back then, my best friend, she has a social media agency in Brazil and she created the logo for me. She was helping me with social media. And she's like, look, Pat, you're gonna, if this is what you want, you're gonna have to talk about it. You know, you, you have to put your face on social media. And as you will know, like I, I had just given birth and I'm like, are you kidding me? The, like Reezy was launched five days before Connor was launched let's say you know um and I was like I can't put my face on social media I look exhausted I'm not feeling great and she's like but you need to talk because people need to understand you know the message and it's much easier when someone when it's relatable and so I did right so if you go back to the early stages of Reezy you find my videos I probably look exhausted you know but that's because I had a newborn um 
But that really helped. And from there, to be honest, Claire, I never shy away from work, right? So I started, my first market was on the 18th of May in Doki. And Connor was born on the 9th of May. You know, my mom was minding him here for me. And I remember the ladies in Doki, it's a, it's a community group called, called No Sub Town, No Single Use Plastic Town. And um, they were like, have you just had a baby? And I was like, yeah, I just want to kick this off and I want to kick the door. You know, I don't want to do this in a gentle, slow way. I want to do it properly and see and give the best chance possible, right, to succeed. Um, and from there, I never really stopped. I, I run a ton of markets and, you know, I start writing articles and just emailing, you know, different magazines, websites and saying, do you want to post this? Do you want to publish this, this article? You know, it's about whatever it was, Christmas was or Halloween or whatever it was. And, you know, so that sort of thing really helped. I always say in Ireland, I think help is literally a call away, you know, no matter what, or a social media message away, you know, people are there and they're willing to help you. And I just went for it. So after the first year, you know, I felt very confident. I was like, look, I think this is a good business. Obviously, needless to say, I never went back to Paddy Power Betfair. And, um, and then I opened my first shop. And, uh, and from there we went. But it was quick. It was quick. And even like, you know, I, I started watching other businesses, similar businesses being born. And it was great because you see people like you see the opportunity. Can you see what I see? Amazing. So let's do it, you know. And that's that. And here we are, I guess. And what about some of the, I don't want to say excuses because it sounds like mm. it, it's it's judgmental. But I mean, there's some of the excuses I would use myself. Like I'm, I'm, I'm too busy. How am I supposed to use disposable nappies? You know, we're working, we've kids. Mm. It's just not, it's just not for us. And this idea that it's, it's somebody that's, you know, out barefoot in the, in the grasses down by the trees all the time, that it's not somebody living in the modern world who can live in this way. In a way I understand, obviously I can relate, but I think, you know, what it's, it's almost like exercising. You know, you need to get into a routine. You need to teach yourself, force yourself in a way to try and like, look, you can do this. Let's try again. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. Try again and again until you find your pace. You know, there are certain things that might not suit everybody. And I completely respect that. You know, as I said to you, I would never be a, a one all or nothing, I guess, a sort of person, you know, if this, if the reusable nappies are not for you, if you think that's not going to float your boat, that's fine. But what else can you do then? You know, it's all about the what else. Like, okay, like I get that this is a no, but what then is a, what is a yes then? You know? So again, bring it to the positive, you know, don't be focusing on what you can't do. So for me, I have two boys. I have a busy life. My husband, it's not necessarily a guy who is like a vegan friendly guy. You know, he's a the typical Irish guy, one meat, two veg, you know, and very hard to change. But then I'm like, okay, Stephen, you're not going to go vegan ever. What can you do? You know, and let me tell you, like, he's on board with literally everything else I do. You know, um, he's into my recycling practices. He's very happy to repurpose and reuse stuff. You know, he he's very happy to go on the whole black sack boutique route for the boys. You know, like we, we barely buy new clothes for the kids. We, we're lucky that we have two elder uh, older cousins that, you know, are a big source of clothing for my boys. But we've learned how to shop secondhand for kids with different businesses around the country. You know, um, like there's all those little things, personal care. Oh, my goodness. We have mastered that a long time ago, you know, from deodorant to shaving oil and shaving soaps and whatnot. So it's about finding, like I was able to find his yeses if that's a word, you know, instead of focusing on what he can't do. And, you know, it's, it might not be an excuse. It's a simple non-negotiable. I don't want to do that. This is not for me. And I get that. But what can you do then? You know? And what about the feeling that it's, it's not going to make a difference? Like I am so into recycling and mm. then I hear, but, you know, it's all being sent to China and China don't want it anymore. And it's all a big farce and you know you just feel sometimes 
like you're not really going to be able to to make the impact that you you want to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, I hear that. I don't. I don't ever let that feeling consume me, because I think you know that would destroy my lifestyle, my business. I would just be like, oh my goodness, am I living like a lie? You know, and I know I'm not. Because as, as I always say, you know, I use these uh, story before with you, but like, you know, if you're thinking of a toothbrush, such a small swap, but if we were all to do better at toothbrushes, at buying the right thing, you know, swapping from a non-recyclable plastic toothbrush, which is basically the majority of the, the ones we can find out there, into something that can be 98% composted and will disappear within a few weeks under the right conditions. Wow, if we were all to do that, we would be saving millions of bits of plastics from landfill. You know, and the same goes for your water bottles, for your coffee cups, for whatnot, you know, for commuting, taking, you know, a public transport, for from like small swaps, like, you know, maybe swapping your le- your bulbs or making sure you swap to switch off the lights after you leave a room, small things, you know, if we were all to do it, you know, we can help. Now, we can also help by demanding, you know, from businesses that we love and adore and want to support better, you know, it's by knocking on their doors, being it, you know, real doors or vo- virtual doors, listen, like social media, right? It's there for that sort of thing, emails and saying, you need to do better. I want to shop with you, but this is a non-acceptable sort of practice, whatever that is, you know, and also by demanding uh, lawmakers to to do better, right? To vote better. We need to vote better. You know, um, we can continue to question, you know, our choices. Are we supporting the right businesses? Are we voting on the right people? Probably not because, hey, look where we are when it comes to climate change. You know, so what else can we do? But like, it's, it is certainly about our, you know, I suppose a lot of, a lot of that stuff is under our control, when I talk about the power of one, it's I'm talking about nothing but our wallets because we decide how we spend our money, right? We can be in a rush, we can be busy, we can be abroad, we can be here, whatever we're doing, we decide how to spend that money. You know, um, it's almost like a diet. If you want to get healthier, fitter, you know, you decide what you're going to ingest, what you're going to eat, you know, how you're going to exercise. That's up to you. Same it's just the same, but it's your wallet. So choose wisely, you know. And then when it comes to voting and demanding from lawmakers, local councillors, or whatever they are, you know, what can you do better? What are you doing when it comes to A, B, C, D things? You know, it's about not sitting on our hands waiting for big corporations and governments to change because it will take time. And, you know, we do have aggressive targets for lots of different things here in Ireland and abroad and beyond. But... I I feel like I can't wait and I would love people to join me and be like, can we just be a bit more antsy about this and just do our part? You know, I don't think there's I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And have you noticed the conversation shift and the appetite change over the four years and the questions maybe that you got in your first workshops? Have they evolved now over time? Yeah, what I would say is like the no questions I got on my first workshops to now, you know, uh, at first I was going into businesses and schools to do my talks. School's very different story. Kids are very, very curious and they ask questions. You know, they're not shy, right? They're not afraid. Um, But then grownups would be like, okay, yeah, no, great. Thank you very much. No, that was great. Yeah, thank you. And you'd be like, but no questions, no comments. Come on, comments. Do you want to share your experiences? And people be like, super quiet. Now I can't get them to stop asking questions. You know, I have been, I recently, I was, I was attending, um, I was talking to a few people at a business here in Cherrywood and uh, near us. And um, I was like, okay, I have to go now. Okay. Yeah, no, I have to go now. And, and it was great. You know, if, when you compare then and now, Oh my goodness. People want to talk. They want to ask. They want to share, you know, uh, they're, they want to, I don't know, maybe even like, you know, 
get helped for concerns that they might have, you know, like, am I really doing the right thing? Am I helping? So, and then again, you know, if you look at Christmases, you know, Christmas back then, five years ago to now, we are like, we were novelty. It was a cute little thing. Oh, lovely. You know, and then last year we had people arriving with lists and saying, I'm only going to shop for sustainable goods, what you have, you know, it's a massive shift. And not only that, you know, uh, like we do a lot of corporate gifting, right? Like uh, care packs, hampers, and all of that sort of thing. Like the amount of, I can't count in one hand how many uh, businesses hired us five years ago. And now it's like every other week I get, oh, we have an event. Oh, we want to send, I don't know, thank you pack to the team or whatever it is, you know, it's very different, very, very different. You just think, what what do we need? And I suppose in some ways through the pandemic, we really realized that once you could all be in a room and hug each other, I'm not saying we should do away with presents altogether, but we, we, we don't need so much of, of what we waste. That is exactly that. It's just crazy. You know, um, we like when when it comes to dates, like these special occasions, you know, I think people are realizing they're taking a step back big time, you know, and not only from a gifts point of view, because remember, we're like, obviously part of my business is selling products, but we're also encouraging people to say, to ask, do they actually need these things? When you were describing your journey to, to setting up this business and, and, and really taking on sustainable living, um, you 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 said we a lot like yourself and and your husband Stephen mm. kind of took this on together and yes you 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 know you had different preferences and and different motivations but it sounds like you were a team on it on on tackling your house and trying to reduce waste and what happens if you live in a house where you don't have somebody on board what's your your advice there yeah so basically you know like it was not, it was not always like that. You know, I say we, because that's at the status quo right now. Right. But, um, back when we started, when I started, you know, a few of the things he would be very much like, oh, that's a bit out there for me, Pat, you know, <laughs> but what I would say the way I did was like, it wasn't necessarily like, oh my God, you're a disgrace. You know, this is like, have you seen the state of the world? Cause that's not going to work. Yeah. So we were talking about doom and gloom. We were talking about negative approach, pointing fingers. None of those things work or telling people what to do. Right. So in my case, it was a lot of like, look, let's give this a go because, and being whatever it was, look, the toothbrush is, is a very good example or a shampoo bar. He's like, what's this? Is this a soap? And I was like, before your hair, it's a shampoo bar. It's that going to work, Pat. It's going to work. Would you do me a favor? On a weekend, when nobody's watching you, you're not going into the office, give it a go and tell me if you don't like it. And of course, you know, more often than not, I would get, oh, actually, this is great. Yeah, no, we'll stick to that. You know, it's literally like, I'm not trying to shame anybody. I'm not trying to point fingers, tell them what to do. It's like, give it a go, see what you think. But why are we doing this? Because look, how many bottles are we going through every month? Shampoo, liquid gel, shower gel, whatever it is, right? So let's try and reduce that. Why not? You know, and just little by little inserting different habits into the house. It's very hard when you live at a place where people have zero motivation. But what I say is if you, as an individual, try and sneak a few different habits in there, and sometimes people don't even notice it's a cleaning product, you know, that people, all they care is that there is a washing up liquid there. They don't know if it's a better one, a better, more environmentally friendly one. They don't know. All they know is that there is washing up liquid. Well, winning point for you, you know, the same goes for your soap, for your loads of things around your bathroom. The same goes for like, you know, instead of I suppose, buying each other gifts. Can you just spend time together? Can you cook a meal for each other? You know, slowly but surely meeting them where they are, trying to bring that into a conversation without being preachy. We want people to understand that, look, there's a problem. And I think this is a good way to try and help. What do you think? And you are know? you hopeful, Pat, for the future that we can turn this around? Look, Claire, I have two boys, right? And I have to be hopeful, right? Um, one day you and I, we won't be here, but our kids will. And I would like to think that, you know, we, by doing the work now, we can leave a better planet for them, 
you know, for their old age and their generation and other generations to come. So I have to stay positive. Like, is it scary to hear that this is our last best chance to, to do, you know, to make a difference? Of course, it's very scary, right? Like, I try to keep things positive, but it's obviously very scary. Um, I do think, though, that at least here in Ireland, from what I can see, and I would be very involved in all of those things here, you know, people are like, they're, they're on it. You know, a lot of people have realized that they have the power to help and they are doing their best. You have grassroots movements happening everywhere, you know, from beach cleans to friends of earth and whatnot. You have talks in schools, you have people educating people of all ages, all different backgrounds. You know, there is an appetite. The fact that, you know, Reusey was a standalone shop when it was launched, and now we have a ton of different shops that are, you know, following our path, our steps. You know, this has to be positive, right? The fact that we were able to get into a massive retailer right, like recently, right, as, as Reusey, you know, like it has to be a sign of things to come you know, positive things to come. So do we need to do better? Do we need, a, we have a massive way to go? Absolutely. You know, I would like the government, like, you know, if, and if there's anybody from the government, listen, please listen to me. You know, like when we are telling people, oh, now you can recycle soft, soft plastics, like happened last year, right? The message is not, that's not the message. The message is, Guys, we can outdo it. However, the big thing here is that we want you to avoid it. You know, avoid as much as you can because this is obviously not great. And it's not, it's not the sort of material that's like a blessing to recycle, like an aluminum, a glass that can be forever recycled. You know, this thing has an, it has an expiry date. It's like, can we learn how to use less? Can we learn how to reuse to use what we own, mind what we own, so things last. That is the message. So if I could, I would wake up shouting that and I would go to bed shouting that. For us to get to a much better place, we're going to have to have a big mindset shift. And how does life feel for you now, Pat, living with such a, such a purpose that you're, that you're loving your work? that it's 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 lighting you up and you're enjoying it and it's obvious to to hear as you say it but that you're actually trying to to make it a difference you're you're actually making a difference you're educating people and you are making a change it feels great it feels heavy at times you know um because if i i feel like I have this big responsibility, you know, I can go to bed every day knowing that I'm trying my best and, you know, that's, I suppose, the best I can do, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. Well, Pat Kane, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you for listening to Changemakers. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would love if you would take a moment to rate, review and subscribe. It helps other people to find the podcast too. Take care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.